1 Thessalonians 3 verses 6 to 13. But Timothy has just now come to us from you and has good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we also long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day, we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. Well, good morning and uh, hope you're doing well. My name's James. I'm one of the pastors here at City Church. And I thought that rather than speaking from my sofa, I would take you outside on this beautiful morning. And uh, we've been going through this series in 1 Thessalonians called Being Human. Uh, and, you know, one of the things that I've struggled with, with lockdown and this season that we're all in, is, is not having anything to look forward to. All our plans have had to change, holidays cancelled, time with family postponed, experiencing my favourite time of year, mostly indoors, the barbecues on the beaches, all had to be put on hold. When was the football season going to return? All the important stuff. Uh, that sense of losing track of time uh, was a lot to do with not having any of those markers in the calendar, wasn't it? Remember those conversations, you know, what day is it? Forgetting what time of day, what day in the week it was. And we, don't, we didn't have those natural markers where you could count the days down. And I got, began to realise that what got me through a period of time was knowing that there was something good coming at the end of it. You know, the kind of living for the weekend type thing, but it wasn't necessarily the weekend, but there was just something in the diary that you could look forward to. And that sense of waiting and anticipation was often the thing that motivated me to get through uh, the weeks. But with lockdown, there wasn't anything. There, there was no real sense of time elapsing or, or natural breaks and I began to realize uh, in myself that what was happening was that I was losing a sense of perspective, losing a, a sense of perspective and focusing more and more inwardly on myself. And I guess to some extent that's to be expected. When the normality of life is stripped away, you do tend to focus on what you do and don't have. The things that were perhaps masked up by busyness and doing things, we're now beginning to stare me in the face. You know, if you don't believe me, if you don't recognise that, let me maybe just throw a few things that perhaps you've suffered with over lockdown, which is perhaps, you know, the number of Amazon deliveries uh, that you or I have received, um, and even getting frustrated that even during lockdown they didn't arrive the next day. Anyone, anyone else like that? Uh, the countless Zooms with family and friends trying to recreate social situations. 
various other things, trying to fill that void, fill that emptiness. Uh, uh, but also some probably far more serious things. I was speaking to someone recently who volunteers in the law courts, and they were saying that the rate of divorce is, is skyrocketed, that they actually had to close the divorce courts because they were inundated with so many people filing for divorce. And so there's dissatisfaction with our possessions, their relationships with marriages. And, and it's all been as a result of, of the spotlight we have put on ourselves, that introspection, that realization that uh, we don't have it all together, that loss of perspective. And in this series, we've been exploring what, what it means to be human, not, not the way in which humanity defines it, but how God intended humans to live from the outset. We've seen that to be human is to live with faith, hope and love in our hearts, to live for God with everything you have, to give ourselves to one another. And that inspires suffering that Jesus carries us through our present afflictions. And so today I just want to show us that to be human is, is to see what is in front of us and to have great anticipation about that. You see, in, Paul, in verse 9, Paul says that the way in which we really live, the way in which we become truly human is if we stand firm in the Lord. And then he goes on to share what that looks like in verse 13. So go with me to verse 13. And we're going to focus on these words Today, he says, may he strengthen your heart so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. And throughout this letter to the Thessalonians, this, this group of new Christians, there's been a consistent theme that, that Paul has been communicating to them, which is this, about what is to come. That there is a day set in history when all of uh, when all of time and all of eternity will change, will hinge on this moment. At the end of chapter 2, Paul writes, For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we glory in the presence of our Lord when he comes? In chapter 1, Paul writes about waiting for the sun to come from heaven. And he writes about that in chapters 4 and 5 as well. We read similar things. And Paul's understanding of what it means to be human, what it means to stand firm, what it means to be a mature follower of Jesus is to think, to know and to anticipate the coming again of the Lord Jesus. And we don't often think about these things, do we? And I guess part of it is because it's hard to imagine what it will be like. What is it going to be like when Jesus returns? We, we see something of it in in the Bible, but there is still that element of mystery when we can't wrap our head around what that is going to be like when Jesus returns. But I also want to suggest that probably this this generation uh, now just doesn't like thinking about life after death. I mean, you know, Ricky Gervais recently tweeted, nearly 14 billion years of non-existence, one life, then back to non-existence forever. And he ends it with enjoy it while it lasts. And Ricky Gervais's belief that our short life is sandwiched between billions of years of nothingness is, is a popular one. 
whether you realize it or not, actually, you know, the secular view is, is one of the only stories in world history that places total significance on life here and now. And, and we see that, don't we, around ourselves, that, that people's best efforts are making this life more enjoyable, lavish holidays, nicer clothes, better jobs, better bodies, and so on. And what you actually see is people placing total significance on this small life and the fragile, meaningless things that give us temporary joy. I wonder if you've ever had those moments where you've been uh, sorting through some old stuff that you've had. I remember recently at my parents stumbling a lot across an old football sticker book uh, where I would spend all my pocket money invest my weekends, my relationships, swapping stickers, painstakingly placing the stickers into the squares of this sticker, sticker book, uh, and that it being my pride and joy, keeping it in laminated uh, uh, plastic wallets to keep it away from the dust. And I picked it up and, and I hadn't seen it for years and thinking, wow, what a waste of time that was. What was that all for? Why did I invest so heavily in those things? And when you're in it, of course, you don't have that sense of perspective, do you? It's, you're all in. And yet when you look back, you realise, gosh, what was that all for? And I do wonder whether each of us, when we get to the end of our lives, will we look back on, on certain th things, certain times and think, why, why did we invest so much into that? Why did we care so much about it? Why did we worry so much? about that rather than pushing towards us making this life count and investing all our energies into making this life amazing the bible tells us that to truly make this life count is to have our eyes fixed on what is ahead what is to come it's not that our lives are meaningless or irrelevant far from it but paul is saying to be ready to have your eyes fixed on what Jesus has promised to do in the future. And with that knowledge that Jesus will return, Paul says that we are to be holy and blameless when our Lord Jesus comes. It says that in verse 13. And I want to say just two things about that because it can be misunderstood. Firstly, that being holy and blameless is something that has been done or given to us. You see, in Jesus, he has given us an escape route, an escape from ourselves, in fact, through our own sin, our own patterns of thinking and, and living. We trap ourselves in. We get lost. In fact, the Bible says, or the Bible calls it sin, and that this sin will lead to death. We needed saving from ourselves, and Jesus came to do that. God himself not his sidekick, not one of his minions. God himself came to rescue us by dying on a cross, defeating death forever and establishing a kingdom that will rule and reign for eternity. And it's something that Jesus holds out to each one of us. It's something that we can receive. And in doing that, in knowing that, in, in receiving his forgiveness, we are made holy. We are made blameless. It's something that is 
done to us, given to us. But the second aspect of being holy and blameless is then embodying that in our own lives today. And knowing that that is what Jesus has done for us, that there is also a work in us that God wants to do in us. You see, in those verses, in that verse, in verse 13, Paul uses this, these words, it says, so that you will be. There is a process, there is a journey, there is a, a continuation of what God wants to do in us. And you see, the truth is, is that if you're still alive, if you're watching this, if, if you've still got breath in your lungs, the truth is, is that God is not done with you yet. I truly believe that. He's not done he wants to complete the work, it, work he started in you. A work that will be completed when Jesus returns. A work that will bring you into full holiness and purity. And to be human, therefore, is, is not to have it all together. To be human is not to have the picture-perfect life that you can Instagram. To be human is to cling to the only human who was perfect in all of his ways and to allow him to shape you, to breathe life into you, to lead you by the hand and to one day be with him in his presence forever. That's what it means to be human. And these verses, Paul is, is telling these new Christians to not lose sight of what is to come. Don't waste your time in the sticker book of life. Paul says, wishing you had this or that or investing all your time or significance in fragile things. Don't be caught up in, in the fragility of this world, wishing uh, or placing confidence in empty promises. But have your sights set on the Son of God. Set your sights on Jesus who, who promises to be with you now by his Spirit and will return in glory and splendour to bring his people home. And if you want to be in that number that Jesus comes back for, you can make that decision today. You know, if you're, you're dirty and you want to be made clean, if you're broken and you want to be made whole, if you are lost and you want to find a home, if, if you feel like you're gripped with patterns of sin and you need forgiveness and freedom, then Jesus offers that to you today. And he leads you by the hand and he says, I will not leave you in this. It's not over to you. I will give you the strength you need. And so Paul says, to stand firm, to be human, is to have perspective. It's to know that there is a day set in the future when Jesus is returning to make all things new. To have that heavenly eternal perspective that it's not all about this life. But that there is a day when we will be face to face with him. When the memories of this world will be faint. And that we will be with him forever. I can't wait for that day. I want to be someone that thinks of those things more and more. Not thinking and investing in this life as much. But, but caring about about his kingdom, who's going to be in his kingdom, having a passion to share the kingdom with people. We're called to be that kind of people, to be ready to talk about these, to think on these things, to dwell on these things.
It says in Psalm 130, I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. And like waiting for the sun to rise, to be human is to wait in anticipation for the coming of Jesus again, to make all things new. You see, to follow Jesus is to know that he has made you holy and blameless by dying on the cross, taking the punishment for our sin upon himself, and in exchange giving us life and freedom. But it's also to know that Jesus is returning, and that rather than having our eyes fixed to what is around us, we are to see beyond the pleasures of this world and see a coming king. And so to work out how you're living now, whether you're living for this world now or living for the return of Jesus, we can use some words that Emma Eggleston shared at one of our student and young adults meetings and ask ourselves this question. Am I living how I want Jesus to find me? Am I living in anticipation of Jesus' return or am I tangled in the web of this world? You see, God is calling us to give ourselves to him. And as we submit our lives to God, as we make potentially difficult choices to follow him, what we find is that as individuals, we discover what it means to be human. And as a community, we carry a hope and a future that is deeply attractive to a world that is lost and broken. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we want to be people that are waiting in great anticipation for your return. Lord, we want to be people that are defined by the eternal reality that you are going to return and make all things new. And like a watchman waiting for the sun to rise, Lord, we want to be people who are ready and prepared for you to come back. Lord, that we wouldn't have our eyes fixed on this life so much that we forget about what is to come. Lord, that we wouldn't invest all our energies and significance in these short years that we have on this earth, but we would be people that have a kingdom perspective, that it would shape our relationships, that it would shape how we give our money, it would shape uh, how we live and, and how we find ourselves and plant ourselves in a city like Bristol. Lord, that we would be people that really believe that you are going to move in this great city for your kingdom. Lord, we're not satisfied yet. <laughs> we want more. We want more people to be caught up in this 